block Feel me now Gonna feel me now Karen Villavaso, I would like to welcome you all to our candidates forum tonight. I want to just be very brief with some of the rules tonight. We will we will respect one another who is running. We will not have any personal attacks or anything. We want you to focus on your credentials and why you're running for this seat and what makes you special and why you think you should be the next mayor. So we want to make sure that we keep it um, within that and within that purview and no personal attacks. Um, so we want to say that all candidates were invited tonight. And so tonight we do have the following candidates that are participating. We have Mr. Belden Baptiste, Douglas Bentley, Byron Cole, um, Leilani Heno. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Mr. Matthew Hill. Nate Jones and Janice Smith. So these are the candidates out of the 14 candidates that are joining us tonight. So we want to thank them for coming in. I am now going to turn it over to um, Dawn Abair. Hello, and I want to welcome everyone tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dawn Abair, and I'm the chairman of the Voters East of the Industrial Canal. I want to uh, let you know that a group of concerned voters believe that their voices were not being heard for the city of New Orleans. We, um, as a, uh, a result of that, uh, we thought that we would form the Voters East of the Industrial Canal in 2011. And when we were listening to the different PACs and forums that were being held, the answers were not being given. The VOTEC organization is by voters and for voters that provide an open forum where candidates can holistically engage voters, our citizens, who are the true decision makers on election day. Tonight's questions were solicited and submitted by voters who reside east of the Industrial Canal. Now I want to introduce Brandon Gilmore with you gonna feel me now. Brandon, it's you. Thank you, Ms. Dawn. And good afternoon, candidates. Welcome to the fourth and final evening of our 2021 series of Voters East of the Industrial Canal Municipal Candidates Forums, which is being brought to you by the Box Studios located in New Orleans East. At this time, I would like to introduce my co-host for this evening's mayoral candidates forum, Mrs. Chanel Blunt-Jupiter. Okay, thank you, Chanel. And ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get started. Please adhere to the rules. This first introduction that I will have you do is one minute and one minute only. And can you please provide us with your full name, your profession, the number of years in your profession and the position you are seeking. Then please give us your strengths, weaknesses and skill sets and how you believe you qualify to effectively serve as the mayor of New Orleans. And we're gonna start with Mr. Baptiste first. One minute. Good evening, everyone. My name is Belden. Noonie Man Baptiste. Noonie Man was a childhood name that give, was given to me. And I think I'm qualified to run for the mayor because I've been 30 years, boots on the ground, fighting for my community, standing up for my community. My weakness is when they got a lack of resources 
for the people. My strong, my strong parents are, I am a fighter for the people, of the people, and I'll be with the people. And we have, we have saw criminal neglect, broken promises, and poor leadership, and I'm tired of the nepotism, the sexism, the cronyism, and the favoritism. I am Belden Newton Mad Baptiste, number 18 on the ballot. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Baptiste. We'll go with Mr. Bentley. Good evening, everyone. My name is Douglas Bentley the first, and I'm running for mayor because first and foremost, I love this city. This is my home. I've seen a lot of things taking place in this city that I wasn't satisfied with. I served this country for 13 years with honor, courage, and commitment in the United States Navy as an, intelli as an intelligence specialist. I've been doing information technologies since before DOS. And through my knowledge gaining, I've been seeing a lot of things taking place. I've been seeing the fraud, the legal deception, the collusion, and the corruption that has taken our city. And with an effort from the people, I look to change that because there is no force here that I will not stand up to. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care what it's union with. I don't care how it's colluded. Many has forged together before and many have failed. Um, I just want to help make the city a better place and I know together we can get it done. My name is Douglas Bentley and I'm running for the mayor city of New Orleans. Thank you, Mr. Bentley. Next we have Mr. Byron Cole. Good evening. My name is Byron Stephan Cole. I am a resident of the seventh ward of New Orleans, a son of New Orleans. I'm a war veteran and I'm retired from USD 500 school district. And I'm currently an investigator contracted to a local attorney. And I've been doing that for about 12 years. I'm running for mayor because my neighbors, my community members, they asked me to stand and speak for them, and I'm doing that. You finished, Mr. Cole? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Next, we're gonna miss Lilena Hino. Unmute me, there we go. Hi, I'm Leilani Hino. Uh, I'm running for mayor. I was born and raised here in New Orleans. I went to Abramson in New Orleans East. I got my master's at the University of New Orleans. I started my first business at the age of seven. I took my existing business from a mom and pop garage to six locations that I franchised out. I took that uh, money from those businesses to pay for my own college, to put my way through college, myself through college. I paid for my own student loans. I also pay my taxes. Um, being a leader and a motivator, I'm usually hired by top executives to help them or their companies reach their goals. And execution and implementation are my, two of my strong suits. Our city's declining rapidly. We have a 76% increase in uh, homicides since the last two years. And I believe that I have the leadership skills and the implementation skills to follow through to get that goal, to, to reach that goal of lowering crime, moving our city forward. 
my weakness really is I pivot so much being a coach. I'm always looking at the bright side of everything. And when you pivot around everything, you become complacent. And I believe that I'd become complacent just like many of us in the city, because we honestly were losing motivation, believing that anything can, can happen. I've literally made a career out, out of showing people that they don't have to be what they've always been. And I think we need that type of vision so we can move forward and stop just giving up just because it's always happened that way. I'm Leilani Hino. I'm number 24 on the ballot, ballot, and I'm asking for your vote today. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Hino. Next, Mr. Matthew Hill. Hi, my name is Matthew Hill, running for mayor of New Orleans. I'm running for mayor of New Orleans because I love this city. But more than I love this city, I love the people in this city. They're my family. They're my neighbors. I'm not originally from here. I was born in San Salvador, El Salvador. And I was adopted out of a war zone to New Orleans. My mother is from here. That's where my love comes from. Uh, once I was the youngest bar owner in the French Quarter. Um, I'm a restaurateur. I have been in the service industry in different aspects of it for the past 21 years. Um, what has happened to our service industry is deplorable. Um, there are a bazillion different ways of handling the situations that have come down the pipeline and to see what has happened. We have 33 dead service industry workers and not from COVID, but from ODing, from despair, from depression. It's so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hill. Next, Mr. Nathaniel Jones. Mr. Jones, going once, going twice. Oh, he's muted. Mr. Jones, you're muted. Yeah. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry about that. I was getting my Zoom uh, regular, but my name is Nathaniel Jones. Uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm a graduate of... Um, of Warren Easton High School. Uh, after high school, I went to LSU, uh, Baton Rouge, uh, studied English literature, and also to be a teacher. Um, I'm a native, you know, I, I love my football, uh, love the culture. One thing uh, we see in New Orleans is a, a rise in crime. And even pre-Katrina, we've seen crime really bad in the area. That's gonna be a main focus of uh, the next administration. But uh, my roots are here in New Orleans and uh, it is my desire to uh, represent New Orleans and, and uh, do my best to carry us forward. We're in some rough economic times, but uh, New Orleans has always bounced back. We're 300 years strong. We've been through adversity and uh, we, we, can get, we can pull together and get through this pandemic. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jones. And last but not least, Ms. Jonice Smith. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Um, okay, great. My name is Jonice Lamar Smith. I'm a native New Orleanian and graduate of Tulane University College in Paralegal Studies. I have worked uh, for the past 
uh, 16 years in my profession, as well as in the hospitality industry, either as a cocktail server or a food and beverage server, and currently working for a really elegant hotel in downtown New Orleans as a on-call banquet server. Um, the reason I'm running for mayor is because over the last 32 years, our citizens have been losing quality of life. We have lost our richness of life. We've lost the diversity in our culture, as well as our charm. And this has been uh, ongoing for quite some time. So I'm running for mayor to accept the uniqueness of New Orleans. And I plan on doing that um, after the general election. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Thank you, Ms. Smith. And when yeah. all not speaking, can you please, speaking. Can you please mute your um, mute your, um camera. camera? Thank you. And if everyone would take a look at the screen, we're going to post a trivia question we would like you all to answer. Please let us know once you see it on the screen. And also a video, a question and a video. Can everyone see that? Yes. Thank you. <clears throat> what is the size of the regional business park is the question. Anyone know the answer? I do. You can go in and, and answer. It's three acres. Thank you. Anyone else? Want to give us a guess? Thank you. Can you roll the video, please, Ms. Corinne? The answer was 7,000 acres. I was on, still on mute. I was trying to get in, but something wasn't letting me in. Okay. Before the question went out. No worries. We're about to present a video now. We would all like you to take a look at. This video is taken in New Orleans East. If you're looking at the screen, that's how New Orleans East used to look. This is currently NASA. Subdivision in New Orleans East. Folgers. The terminal, which is on Stars and Stripes. The hospital, the New Orleans East Library, part of the hospital, Joe Brown football field, the backside of New Orleans East Hospital, NASA, Lakefront Airport, Salingan Beach, and this is currently New Orleans East now. This is Morrison Road since 2005. This is Ray Avenue, which is located in the Goose, AKA Rosedale neighborhood since 2005.
This is the current situation we're dealing with, street repairs, as has been going on since 2018. A dump site. This is all New Orleans East. Service roads, off interstates. This is Bullet Service Road. This is Reed Service Road. This is Cindy Place. If anyone is familiar with Cindy Place, on the other side of Tower Lane, off of Lake Forest. This is how Diamond looks now. Once was thriving with businesses, small businesses, big businesses. Now it's like a dump site. <clears throat> Anyone familiar with this? These these areas of New Orleans East. Anyone yes, ever? Sir. <laughs> yes. I went to Schaumburg. I went to Livingston. I went to Abramson. Yes, very much. Anyone live in the East? No, I do not anymore. Well, yes, uh, I do. Uh, that's near uh, Dalman Road and the Bunny Bread area. Yes. Dalman Road, West Laverne. Dorita. Dorita. I appreciate all y'all time and y'all time. Doing the video. I'm now going to turn it over to my co-host. I'm going to turn it over to my co-host. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Great, great, great. All right, let's get to know you, mayoral candidates. This is the <clears throat> first question we're going to ask, um, and we will announce who's going to answer. It's all about the responsibilities of the branches of city government. Many people do not understand the distinguishing responsibilities between the executive branch and the legislative, legislative branch of city government. For one minute, please explain the distinguishing responsibilities between the mayor and the city council and how they interconnect. Let's start with Ms. Hino for one minute, Ms. Hino. Okay. Um, you vote for your city council. Your city council, uh, makes the, the laws or the rules that are supposed to, the mayor has veto power. Um, she can actually, she's the ex, uh, executive side. Um, so she can actually uh, write code into place mm -hmm. and they have to decide if they, I'm trying to put this in, in, in layman's terms. Um, city council has to basically decide what, they vote on zoning laws and uh, coding and uh, any type of rules or anything that we're supposed to follow in the city. The mayor can come back through and she can veto every single thing that they said. Or, and then when, when she does that, they go back and they have another chance to run that back through the table and see if they can, they have to vote again to see if they can push that through. So they do work together, but the mayor, at least in our city, has more power than most mayors in, in other cities. And I, I actually think that's a problem with our city right now because the, the mayor as it stands right now is uh, putting her thumb on so many neighborhoods without getting any feedback that basically there's a dictatorship uh, happening right now. So with the fact that the mayor right now has so much control. Um, sorry. Thank you. Mr. Hill. Hi. So um, I'm 
Huh? I'm sorry. What was that? That was, that was a delay. We're ready. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, Mr. Hill. You have one minute. Okay. So the uh, we got the legislative branch and the executive branch. The mayor's job is to make sure that all of the management of all the execution of what those city workers do throughout the city, that's their job. Okay. So when it comes down to um, trash collection, it comes down to um, streets, it comes down to all of these, what I would say, front of the house stuff. Okay. There's a lot of back of the house. That's all the things that happen, happen in City Hall. We got the one stop, which is the one place you go and you stop. When you're at the one stop, you, there are so many, so many different pieces to the paperwork that you have to do. And you has to be approved by several different people. And all that is waste. All that costs money and it costs time and it costs personnel. Right? If we want to get better roads, we have to fix our back of the house. And that is the functions and the management of the day-to-day -day operations. Thank you. Ms. Smith? One minute. You're muted, my lady. Ms. Smith, you're muted. I'm sorry, we still can't hear you, you're still muted. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Great. The executive branch and the legislative branch uh, in that rule to New Orleans work the exact same way. The executive branch is the governor and in New Orleans, the mayor is the executive branch. The uh, legislation, legislator is our council. They write ordinance uh, based upon the quality of life for their citizens. And the mayor has a right to veto any ordinance that has been passed by uh, our council. So uh, these are the exact same uh, branches of law that is working. One works locally for the city and one works for the entire state. So those are the exact same qualities that they have. So the mayor has the power to um, look over the ordinance that has been passed by the council and make a decision that is best for the people or best for the district in which those ordinance has been passed. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Jones? Yes. One minute. Yes, uh, locally uh, on a state level and uh, federally, uh, you have three branches of government but you mentioned the two, the uh, legislative and the executive. Um, well, Orleans Parish um, is New Orleans and New Orleans is Orleans Parish. You know, JP is different because it has different cities, but uh, Orleans Parish is all one. And the job of the legislator is to uh, regulate and the job of the mayor is to uh, validate. Now, depending on the, the, the vision of the uh, mayor, um, the mayor may receive uh, things from the city council and he or she might say no. So it goes back and it goes back again and has to match the, uh, the
the vision of the mayor of the city. And then once the uh, city council sees what the mayor is trying to do with the uh, ordinances and the laws, they come to an agreement and then you have the, the, uh, the, the regulation and the validation and they work together to get things done. Thank you. Mr. Betty. Yes, how you doing? All right, can you read the question again? Because I'm trying to see if you're talking about the mayor in the city council, or you're talking about legislation in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. I think I know the question, but I just want to make sure. I will definitely do that. For one minute, I'm so sorry. Many people do not understand the distinguishing responsibilities between the executive branch and the legislative branch of city government. For one minute, please explain the distinguishing responsibilities between the mayor and the city council and how they interconnect. All right, the mayor got the power, the mayor got veto power. The mayor got to submit budgets. She, she can submit a budget and the council got to vote on the budget and the council got to agree to the budget, but the council got power too. And I give you the perfect example. When Congo Square, the mayor was talking about, um, she wanted to move city hall, right? She had power, but the, the council came together and they put a ordinance in that for now she can't do it. So, Mr. Baptiste, can, can, can you please stick to what you're understanding without talking about the mayor and all this stuff? Well, I'm breaking it down to you. Okay, but can we just reflect? Like, we got to respect everybody. So, can you just please? Just I am respecting everybody. Okay, but just talk I mean, about. I'm telling you how it works. Okay. I mean, and you didn't have to cut me off. Now I got to start no, all over. Yeah, we got nobody else. Yeah, no, we're gonna set. We're gonna set. We're gonna. We're gonna re let you reclaim your time. But what I'm asking you to do is. Nah, to I'm, go ahead, ma'am. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not gonna take the disrespect. Y'all have a nice day. I'm out of here. All right. Um. So we're just trying to make sure that we stay to the talking about uh, the question and making sure that we refrain from talking about others. Um, when this is a discuss, I mean, this is a sharing the answer to your response to the question as opposed to talking about someone else. All right, Mr. Bentley, and let me know if you need to. I need to restate the question. Could you repeat it, please? Sure. Many people do not understand the distinguishing responsibilities between the executive and the legislative branch of city government. For one minute, please explain the distinguishing responsibilities between the mayor and the city council and how they interconnect. One minute. The mayor is like unto the CEO of an entity. The mayor makes the executive decisions. The mayor has the power to make all the executive decisions. The council can make executive decisions in certain areas, but whoever is the mayor and based on the mayor's state of mind, the mayor can make all of the executive decisions without the council's decision or anything else. But when we, when we got a, a division in council and mayor and no one wants to work together, it's going to always be problems. But I believe that the council and the mayor 
they should always work together to because it's about the people of the city. It's not about the council nor the mayor. It's about us being good servants to the people, being good stewards. That's it. Thank you. And once again, we apologize for that uh, to our listeners as well. We're going to try to make sure we keep muted while we are uh, listening to the uh, candidates. Mr. Cole? Whoops. So we're going to we're going to just try to I'm going to say I'm going to try to remind everybody to unmute when it's time to talk. So uh, so sorry. So let's let's do that for one minute, Mr. Cole. Yeah, I apologize. Um, so the mayor's functionality is basically procedure and policy and the city council controls the purse strings and uh, ordinance adherence, basically. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk New Orleans East viability. There's been an extended plea from New Orleans East residents for quality, quality retail and dining. Within each of the five municipal campaign cycles since Katrina, it has been a part of the platform of the majority of mayoral candidates to work to attract uh, retail shopping and restaurants to New Orleans East uh, because they believe that is what residents wanted to hear, obviously. First and foremost, the viability of New Orleans East requires an industry-based economy that includes major, major employment centers that will generate a local income that will attract and retain quality retail shopping and dining in the East. With substantial industry locations in the East, coupled with its offerings, and established designation as a regional area, thousands of jobs can be created and increased economic diversification for all of New Orleans can become a reality. For two minutes, how will you delineate resources, development tools, and incentives that will effectively grow and attract industry and investment to New Orleans East? I'm gonna read that one more time. For two minutes, how will you delineate resources, development tools and incentives that will effectively grow and attract industry and investments to New Orleans East. Let's start with Mr. Hill. Mr. Hill, don't forget to uh, unmute. Thank you. Well, on resources, first thing we have to do is free up resources. That includes personnel, money, time. Okay. So in the East, we, do, we got crime problems. We got all kinds of other barriers that are external to the, to the, the function of the city that are keeping people from going from one, moving there, two, opening a business, and three, thriving. Okay, so we have a brand new motorcycle, small industry going on in the Bywater. Okay, what we need is for them to expand. We need, we need for their market to expand, okay? Because we have a lot of homegrown businesses here. Yes, we want to attract others, but the ones that are here, we want to defend them and we want to grow them. So for instance, this motorcycle company, all right? We want them to grow from the area that they're in and move out to the east, not move out to Jefferson Parish, not move out to um, Harahan, where there's all kinds of reasons to be out there. 
we need to build more reasons for companies to be here. And that includes tax incentives. That includes how much, how much, how much that people have to deal with just opening a business, or how many, how many palms they have to grease to get what they want. You see, there is a machine in place, and we all know it. And what we need is transparent government. And that's only going to work if we go in and work on what I said, the back of the house, okay? All of the processes and procedures that we do from day to day to help businesses move, grow, and expand. Right. Um, as far as the East is concerned, we have oodles of territory, oodles of space to put functional light manufacturing and we're right next to the ports and we're not utilizing light manufacturing like we're supposed to um and on as far as retail is concerned all right i'm not i'm not cool with what's happening with the bayou phoenix project not at all because i think that should have been an urban center and urban centers don't normally exist in a city because it's supposed to be a little mimic city in the uh, suburbs sorry thank you Mr. Jones, and don't, yep, you're on mute and great, thank you. Yes, so um, I agree with Mr. Hill, uh, crime is a uh, first step in order to uh, beautify the lady we call New Orleans East. Um, my first six months, I would spend time uh, after hours cleaning up, uh, encouraging the young people and also, um, trying to get the uh, parents and community um, ready, you know, uh, psychologically. And then uh, after a year is gone, when the crime is gone, then you can talk about inviting businesses into the East. Uh, you have to show it first. And then once it looks pretty and improved, you can invite businesses. Uh, for example, you can bring back the uh, old plaza, um, right there off of Reed Boulevard and Service Road, uh, ample space, as mentioned earlier. So um, the, uh, the terrain is there, the land is there. We just have to prepare our residents, um, you know, morally first, um, financially, and then we can talk about the uh, dollars and cents, as I say. But first we gotta clean up crime and then outside companies are gonna see the improvement of New Orleans East. And once they see the improvement of the crime going down, uh, then, then you could talk about revenue for the East uh, for the next 10, 20 years. Thank you. All right. Ms. Smith, two minutes. Okay, New Orleans East, uh, you have been whetting my appetite for the last year and a half regarding those campaigns. I don't know if you paid attention, but you are on the verge of being one of the most prominent districts that this city has. There is a commercial, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it, it identifies uh, small entrepreneurs. One of them was Son of a Saint. Another one was a young lady. She is uh, a historian. 
And two of them are from New Orleans East. And I was like, all right, New Orleans East, you are on a campaign. You are in control of your destiny. I would do the, I would, I would build off what you already are doing, but you are not really realizing that you are connecting to the people. I would do for a trucking industry, I would clean up everything you just showed me on that video because probably most of those properties are owned pro probably by HUD. So you need to, we're gonna go in there and just clean it out. And while we're cleaning it, cleaning it out, we're gonna identify these areas uh, for development. The next thing I would do is to market you as the upcoming epicenter of New Orleans. And, and lastly, in reference to uh, uh, the, uh, bringing you those resources, I will connect with each district, their power to generate revenue. I will discuss with the panel, uh, your panel, as well as your residents, what we can do to free up resources in areas of New Orleans budget before it gets approved. And I will talk with your newly elected council in reference to appointing uh, uh, your neighborhood uh, uh, citizens on, on that panel so we can get your ideas. But you are on a verge of becoming one of the epic centers. If you pay attention to that commercial that is already airing about some of your residents from New Orleans East. So I'm ready. Thank you. All right. Mr. Bentley, and let's remind each other, I mean, remind ourselves to mute. I'm muting right now. Yes. New Orleans East. That's a, that's a whole lot to talk about. So I'm gonna do the best that I can in two minutes. I frequent New Orleans East a lot because some of the people that I'm working with right now to try to help do some restorations in New Orleans, we sit down every day and we talk about what can we do about New Orleans East. The city of New Orleans had, have, and will have the resources to begin, at least begin on some of these blights that's in New Orleans East. But we got to deal with the element of crime first in the city, in New Orleans East, before we could try to address the businesses, because most of our businesses are leaving. And it's going to be hard to, to keep the businesses here if they are afraid for their customers, if they're afraid for themselves because of the levels of crime. So the first thing we're going to have to do is clear up the crime, the, we're going to have to put some of the resources into the police department so we could get a better police department to be able to face some of the crime that's happening in New Orleans East, not reactively, but proactively. Our police department reacts, they're not proactive. But we need to get a stronger police department so the people in New Orleans East could feel safe first. And then maybe we could get, we could create new entities. We could, we could build some of our own citizens up and allow them to become new business owners instead of outside people from outside bringing in new businesses. Why can't we raise up some of our own to be new business owners? You know, use some of the resources, some of the 
some of the people who already started doing things that already have small businesses, let's make turn them from small businesses, give them the resources that they need to be an even larger business than what they already are. And that'll help the, the residents because some of these small businesses are the people who live in New Orleans. So the first thing we're going to have to do is, is deal with the crime. We already have the resources. It's where those resources are being used at and who's controlling those resources. And once we get our stuff together, we'll be able to make New Orleans East safe and we can get rid of a lot of those blacks. We don't know who owned those properties. And it's been a lot going on with the properties in the city of New Orleans since Katrina anyway, that it, it, it's going to be a lot for anybody to take in when they do discover the truth. Hi. Thank That's you. It. Thank you. Mr. Cole? Yes. <clears throat> First, I'd like to say that I am currently in a pandemic struggling to maintain properties, one that I bought myself to live in and one that I was left when my mother passed suddenly. And so I'm real concerned about the rush to blight when people are under dire circumstances. But I want to say this, and I think Dawn may attest to this if she can remember. Last election cycle, I said everything that I'm about to repeat and reiterate now. So I come from a camp that has made a sociological commitment to address all of the broken windows. And that's what our resume and our track record has been selflessly for no stipend without any grants. Okay, that's fact. And so I wanted to establish that there because I think that the question earlier about the acreage is relevant to this answer that I'm submitting now. Every major city near us has two corridors of major buildings. And if you all are aware, I was the first in our city to propose City Hall in the East along with Civil Court to promote infrastructure growth that's documented on WGNO, Channel 26 with LBJ. And uh, I want to make a, a distinction here. There's three types of land out in the East. There's privately owned land. There's government protected land. And what people don't realize is that New Orleans, the city, owns a large majority of the land out there. So. What I want to do is what I proposed four years ago. Put a tech industry there, invite the transplant and not displace the indigenous, and then also invite the textile industry here in a city full of sores. We can coax a Levi Strauss or someone to come here and give our people top wage as guarantee by giving them tax incentive or by giving them a heck of a deal on the land. We can do this and have a commitment in the agreement that they will stay here and won't abandon it for 50 years. I've seen other cities do these things. So City Hall in the East for sure. And I have another, another key plan that no one else has stated either. The mayor of New Orleans has the discretion to put tollways up and I will put a tollway up I hope every we get that on these parish. I hope we can get that in the next uh, time. questions. Uh, we'd love to hear your responses. We thank you so much. 
Thank you. All right. Ms. Hanno, two minutes. Yes. Um, as a fitness business owner, I'm the low man on the totem pole. So if anything goes wrong economically, any money that comes to me is leftover money from things that people need that are necessities. So with that said, when people are constantly saying we should do this or we should do that, all these things that we want to implement in New Orleans East, when a mayor comes in and says that I can do this in four years, there's a lot of things that can get done. There's a lot of things that can't get done. The first thing that needs to be done is to cut costs. Um, you mentioned freeing up resources. I don't remember the question exactly, but um, let me let me move with it. Freeing up resources, we have the police station right now. We have two police stations that can be merged together. It takes about 12 people to run a police station. We have some districts that, and, and spe specifically District 2 and District 6, that can be combined. And if we do that, we don't really need police officers sitting in an office. We need those people on the streets. We won't be able to hire immediately. That's going to take some time because we're going to need more people, more, more activity out in the East. That's one of the things we have to do. So if we can combine those two and we can free up six to eight police officers, we can reallocate those officers in, in, in another location. Just sitting in an, in an office doesn't do any good. We need, we need boots on the street. The other thing is we have a footprint in New Orleans East that's prime for a theme park. It's, it's the, the land is good. Um, it doesn't flood in that area. Um, every every year here floods, but you know, you know, across the board. Um, we have the space for it, for Six Flags, a water park. We need to bring that back as soon as possible and, and take this voting on the table and you know uh, saying yes and no to Jazzland. We need that out there. But not only a one or two day park, we need something that's gonna be a three day um, destination. But we should have regions coming in and bringing their family in to New Orleans East not just to come and stay one day. That'll be great for maybe, you know, the first year or two because it'll be new and exciting. But if you don't get families to come to the New Orleans East and to stay, you're going to need hotels. You need an entire Disneyland theme park. And there's no reason, there's absolutely no reason why that should already be there. It's not the previous mayor's fault and the previous mayor's fault. I understand all of that happened. But in three years, we could have gotten this done. All you had to do was execute it. That needs to be executed to get the on the table. Time already? Yes, ma'am. So much. We love all of the sharing. Thank you so, so much. We're going to move on to the New Orleans Regional Business Park. So hopefully you'll be able to share out a little bit more there with one minute on the clock. You'll be able to talk about what strategy you'll implement to further enhance and build the New Orleans Regional Business Park as a premier center for sustainable development manufacturing, logistics, and technology in the United States. Let's start with Ms. Smith. And I'll remind you to unmute. Thank you. Um, you absolutely blew my mind and told me that this park has 7,000 acres. I, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, you are prime for what uh, other communities don't have. You have the real estate for us to develop that land. Um, it could be everything that you all want. I want to hear from the citizens about how you want me to develop that park because what I might not know uh, 
and proof today is what you have always desired for this park. It should be a park where you can generate money from. It should be developed into an area where people can come and lodge there. It should be de developed into an area where um, the who's who wants to be a part of helping you develop this park. We need to learn to market to people who have left New Orleans that are extremely rich, that love New Orleans, and want to see the New Orleans East uh, to grow. So, I'm sorry. Thank you. Mr. Jones, and I'll remind everyone, we're gonna mute and unmute after we're uh, done. Thank you. Okay. So uh, lots of acreage. Um, first, it might be good to uh, build a uh, nice hotel there. I used to be in the hotel industry uh, with Hilton. So that way you already established lodging. Uh, number two, I would try to put, um, some type of a, uh, maybe like a movie theater uh, type set, like a mini Hollywood. That's been pretty big in uh, New Orleans. It'll be good to have that for the East. So that's number two, to have like a production area. And number three, just have some other businesses, uh, maybe like uh, a Coca-Cola or something like that. Um, and you keep it simple, um, but you want to start with the lodging first, uh, build a hotel there. Just in case you have um, people traveling for business, you know, they, they can stay one, two or three nights, um, drivers, you know, workers or whatever, vendors, and then you can develop even more businesses as you go. Thank you. Mr. Hill. Yes. Okay. Um, Latrum. Latrum's all out in uh, Harahan right now. And Latrum cannot build enough um, uh, tracking. When I say tracking, I mean like conveyor belt tracking for Amazon. Amazon has contracts with them and they need to expand. And they need to expand now. Okay. Let's give them some incentives to go out there. Also, NASA. We've lost everything to Stennis over in, um, in Mississippi. I really, really, really want to get our aeronautics industry back in here. Also, look, we can do some shipbuilding industry here as well. We need headquarters. We can put headquarters in there. Um, done, done. Thank you. And just want to remind everybody, please mute, check that you're muted, check that you're muted. For one minute, this will be for Ms. Hino. All right, I'm going to get you to repeat the question. Absolutely, no worries. For one minute, please share what strategy you will implement to further enhance and build the New Orleans Regional Business Park as a premier center for sustainable development, manufacturing, logistics, and technology in the United States. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit to what I was saying before because it kind of ties in uh, with the, the six-pack flags theme park. Um, I believe that once that development is out there, that that's go going to draw from all of the different uh, regions in the country, because what will happen is you'll have a, uh, 
a resource where families will come and stay here, put up shop overnight. So we're gonna we're gonna have the draw for that first of all. Second of all, I'd like to focus on our youth from 14 to 16 years old. I think that ties in with crime. It's not only just about the development; it's about crime and it's about the the youth. When I was a kid living in New Orleans East, we had so many things to do. I think right now there's nothing to do. And I think that when people get upset when kids are spinning on the streets with the cars, a lot of that is because there's nothing there. I'd like to have resources, I mean, uh, yeah, resources or buildings where we could teach kids how to start their own business. Or we can teach kids how to, uh, job skills, basically. My brother, (laughs) one minute. Love it. Lots of thoughts. Let's move on to Mr. Cole. Mr. Cole, one minute. And let's remind everybody to uh, mute if we're not speaking. Thank you. So as I stated four years ago, it's not an issue of the budget. It's an issue with skimming and inappropriate contracting. And so what I propose is something that the discretion of mayor can propose. And I would put a toll up at every entry to Orleans Parish. And if the vehicle's not registered to Orleans Parish, you're going to pay us just like Texas does, just like Florida does. It costs $17 the last time I drove into New York. All right. People are not going to stop coming to New Orleans because it costs your car $5 to get in. We're going to take that money and fund what we need because the state is using our tax revenue to build the infrastructure for the state. No issue. So again, as I said in the last answer, when you own the land, it's no brainer to get commitments from major corporations. The issue about getting major corporations is the politics, the bureaucracy. And I'm gonna be transparent and open with my city and those corporations. And we're gonna get a Levi Strauss to come in at $17 an hour for the lowest paid employee as part of the, as per our agreement off the, out the gate. And that can be done realistically. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Bentley? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot of real estate. That's a lot that we can do. And I think that we could bring in more industries like uh, like some of the other candidates were saying, you know, some 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 more major companies that's gonna bring more jobs to the city. Also, we could probably put, you know, uh, lodging the hotel industry, you know, to actually get more traffic in New Orleans East because the more traffic, we gotta plant seeds in order for anything to grow. So we gotta put stuff there. We gotta we gotta rebuild. We gotta find the resources, move the resources around, stop. You know, we got to bring some life back to New Orleans East so New Orleans East could bring life back to the city, you know. And I'm, I'm open with, you know, finding out what the people actually want to get done, what the people need done. Because I know I don't know what I want to do. I have to find out what the people need done, you know. So that's something that maybe, you know, uh, an audience could be done with some of the heads of each each area of the city or the council could find out what, what actually 
will benefit the people. Like I've heard, we already we need more programs for the youth. We need different things to keep the youths from being in the streets. We need to teach better. We need to, you know, teach about jobs, teach about financing. We need to teach each other to be better. And Time. we have a lot of space to build these these places to Time. be able to. Thank you. Ooh, we've been talking about the youth. Here's another opportunity. Uh, this is all about recreation for children. It is clear that often the quality of life for people with disabilities, particularly children, are not considered when planning recreational programs and designing recreational facilities. For one minute, please explain how you would plan how you plan to bring the city's programming, such as NORD, into compliance with federal law. American with Disabilities Act, which requires all city programs to be inclusive with accommodations available to persons with disabilities within their respective neighborhoods. We're gonna talk about that for one minute. Let's start again. Mr. Bentley, you're on. Well, we need we need a lot more for the youth. Um, I pass and I see a lot of the parks, you know, for the majority of the time they're empty. Even on the weekends, they empty. And it wasn't always like that. You know, we need we need more than just parks. We need more community centers attached to these parks. You know, so when they're not outside playing at the park, they could be in the community center, you know, in a in a computer lab getting, you know, learning different skills, learning different trades. So so that they won't fall victim to idle, idle, being idle, you know, because we, once they're idle, they're going to fall victim to whatever out there. So if we give them more to do and give them, you know, more to learn, they'll be less likely to fall victim to what's out here because we all know what's out here, you know? So, um, and I believe that we could, we could do a lot more to, provide for the, the handicapped, the disabled, to follow the ADA, the guidelines, to put more handicapped accessible play areas or, um, you know, access for the, you know, which with uh, within the neighborhoods or the communities, each park, you know, have a venue for the, the disabled or the handicapped. That's about all. Thank you. Mr. Cole? Uh, yes. So, <clears throat> first of all, New Orleans has horrible compliance for disabled period compared to nationally. I travel all the time and I've had multiple people just it, since I've qualified for the election bring that exact uh, con concern to me. And not just children, like adults, just people disabled period. So I, I do think that we need to step up if we're going to be a world-class city hosting the globe and we need to just, you know, put money toward that. And I said that I would, you know, do that with city funding if we had enough. And I also mentioned that I would bring the tolls. But what I do want to say, though, is that the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the C from Nord and give the parks back to the people and allow them to dictate what they what their needs are and get rid of all the aesthetic fluff and campaign, which costs us so much. 
and put that money back into the community. That's the way I would raise the money to actually make them accessible to people with disabilities. You know, I also want to say that we have a, a silent war, a dog park soccer war that we had need to deal with in New Orleans with our parks and get, you know, their true mission statements initiated again before we can do anything. But I'm going to start by taking Nord back. We're going to drop the C and cut those millions. And we're going to put those back into functional um, allocation. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Hino. Yeah, this is my favorite question so far. Um, one of the things we do on the fitness business, and we actually train people around disabilities, little kids, blind people, um, and older people so that they can get around the obstacles that the rest of us you know, take for granted throughout the day. We uh, train right now people in wheelchairs to go to the Olympics because those Olympic abilities are there for people with disabilities, but most people don't think about it. So what we do is we train for how to get up and you know get down without having legs at all, how to do that with only having one side of the body, how to do that with no arms and just legs. So we actually already train for these things that the body to me is like, it's art. So that would be a lot of fun to take the parks and make them accessible to kids. I mean, adults as well, but we're talking about kids you asked for, to make them accessible to kids, to show them how they can use all of the equipment. And it's not that many, not, not a lot of deep changes that you would think, but where wheelchairs can get in and out and then access from the wheelchair to the piece of equipment and how to make that a skill to, you know, we can, we can make that a skill for the kids where they don't feel like they need the wheelchair and they can almost use the equipment like they're walking, like, like it's, a, it's an extension of them. That would be so much fun for me. This is my favorite question. Thank you so much for that one. Great, thank you. Mr. Hill? First off, everything that's built should be ADA compliant. And compliance comes down to management. And that goes back to the mismanagement and the mishandling of all of our departments in every way, shape, and form. Zach Smith, okay, I'm just gonna go step off for a second here. Zach Smith, when he was in charge of uh, permits and safety, he was very clear and he gave very specific instructions on things to do and what still happened. People didn't do it and we had, the hard rock collapsed because of it. Okay. Within this order, within this part of the organization, within this department, we need to go in and one, make sure every person that is working for it is certified to what they're supposed to be. And two, that they're everybody's actually doing what they're supposed to. So people are driving, you know, they'll get in a car and they'll drive around all day. And we track some of their cars. And we don't even, they're not even doing anything. They're not even showing up where they're supposed to be. So if Nord wants to become compliant, we need to fix the management structure that sits behind it. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Jones, one minute. Yes, uh, one thing I would do is uh, if you want to think big, 
uh, let's go ahead and uh, build a uh, disability complex, regional or national. Uh, start off with the local kids in the east and also other parts of New Orleans, other districts. You know, get those kids involved in the uh, disability programs uh, in this complex. You know, it could be off of Reed in the old Lowell Center or in the, in the business park. And once you develop that uh, regionally, um, you, you can also have those uh, disability kids and adults, they can uh, network with other people through Facebook nationally, and you can have uh, national uh, competitions, um, you know, uh, group, um, group meetings uh, nationally, you know, different states. So locally, you would establish that, and then you can invite other uh, national uh, disability uh, people and say, hey, this is how we do it. And then. Thank you. All right, Miss Smith. One minute. Okay. Um, New Orleans Recreation and Development Commission. Um, they are very powerful. You know, I'm not trying to give them what they don't have, but they they are. And also, I would like to uh, let you know that they get a lot of the city's money. $261 million was the last count that I looked over from the four-year budget. So what I would do is to help the, the children that need accommodations for uh, their handicap is also add uh, para-athletes. This is going to be a requirement that um, they look over their properties and parks and make those accommodations. And then I would like to partner up with the, uh, the Olympic teams to come and train coaches on how to uh, better handle our uh, children that does have those disabilities. And then we will also accommodate them by putting in equipment that they can handle and that would, uh, would complement um, each of their disabilities. So we will take this money that NORD has and let them know. Well, thank you very much for giving me that opportunity. Yep. You got it. Yep. Got it. All right. Let's make sure everybody's muted. I'm getting a little feedback. You've been doing great. Everyone's been doing great with that, though. Thank you. Please uh, check your check that you're muted. All right. 100-day implementation. For one minute, what innovative and fundamental initiatives will you implement within your first 100 days of office to help suppress and prevent crime? Once again, what innovative and fundamental initiatives will you implement within your first 100 days in office to help suppress and prevent crime? Let's start with Mr. Hill. Okay. Day one, full financial audit on every department in the city of Orleans Parish. Also, day one, we will have a full managerial audit of the entire city of New Orleans. Also, day one, we're going to kick one of the crutches out from under our city. Okay, we're leaning on these traffic cameras, okay, which keeps our officers from, from patrolling the roads, which is the thoroughfare for every single crime that actually happens. 
and we're not patrolling the roads the way that we're supposed to be. In the meantime, I will go through and I will lean out the entire budget. And with it, hopefully within three months, I'll have the, most of our managers trained in how to actually cut a budget so that we can free up our resources, we can get the equipment that we need and begin hiring. But in the meantime, I need the sheriff to step up and I need him to put boots on the ground. I need deputies and I need them now. Where's the call to arms? Where, are, where have they been? We need them now because it's going to take time to train, properly train police. Thank you. All right. Mr. Smith, your first 100 days, one minute. You say Mr. Smith or Miss Smith? Bad handwriting. I'm so sorry, Miss Smith. I am so sorry. Okay, baby. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, my, I'm feeling my masculine energy tonight. Damn it. Work with it. That's right. We all have it. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Miss Smith. Please, one minute. You know I am a totally different person than the panelists and the candidates that are here. I would take an approach that is extremely severe. You know, they are being very brazen with the crimes that they're committed. So since they are a brass hand attitude, that's exactly what I will give them. Within 10 days of my uh, election and 10 days being mayor, I will announce on every major television station that if you commit a crime in New Orleans and you waste blood in New Orleans, we are not taking you to court. We are going to deal with you right down the streets because we are tired of people thinking that they can kill someone, go and hide, and then go to court. No, we're going to deal with your ass, excuse me, right then and there. And I'm going to hire 25 uh, private officers that's going to go and execute this. Command. I'm sorry. I'm just tired of the crime and the killing. Thank you. All right. So, uh, yes, the, Mr. Jones, your 100-day implementation for yeah, one minute, and I can repeat that question for you. What innovative and fundamental initiatives will you implement within your first 100 days in office to help suppress and prevent crime? Okay, can you hear me first of all? Yes. Okay, uh, uh, number one, I would uh, have a pep talk with the entire police department and encourage them and say, hey, uh, we're living in difficult times. We can work together and we can get this community back rolling. Um, I would also talk with the uh, police superintendent and say, hey, we need to readjust some schedules so that we can uh, get the numbers down. Uh, one thing you want to do, you want to have your officers work between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. Because, you know, the criminals are going to come between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. So, you know, you know where they're coming. You just have to be prepared for it. Um, and I would have the police department change the schedules, personnel, to tackle when the crime is happening. Um, number two, I would say to the parents in New Orleans, um, I hope we can get this crime under control, but if not, if your juvenile commits a crime, 
we just might have to put you maybe in custody until your juvenile turns himself in. Um, that's just an idea, but uh, that's an incentive to make everybody accountable. You know, if it's your child, it's your responsibility, but uh, we want to be fair and uh, get the crime down and protect innocent people. Thank you. All right, just that checkup. We're going to make sure that we are muted uh, while another person is speaking, while another candidate is speaking. Ms. Henno? Yes. I will uh, merge the police districts, like I mentioned, two and six, so we can free up six to eight officers immediately. I'll immediately set up a mental health assistant unit to ride with each police officer so that we can determine if an offender is actually in a mental health crisis or if that person needs to go through the process of the paperwork of going through the court systems. I'll reinstate clear-cut advancement uh, with within the internal uh, police uh, uh, advancement so that they're not being arbitrarily, they're, they're uh, being moved around right now. I'll work towards having state troopers do what they do best, and that's to patrol the interstate between the high-rise and New Orleans East. And once we start relieving the pressure from existing officers uh, in these two ways by reducing the paperwork from mental health uh, crisis uh, offenders and having the state troopers work with vehicle issues, uh, that should increase morale just a little bit so that we can, you know, give them some some breathing room to actually do what they do best. And at that time, I'll start a marketing campaign to showcase our improvements uh, and how we support and assist our men and women in blue so that we can free up, uh, so they're free to actually do their jobs and not have to feel like they're coming to work for no reason at all because the offenders go right back out. So that's what I do in, in the first 100 days. Got in my minute. We did. Thank you. Mr. Cole? I must admit, I'm, I'm a little bewildered here. So the first thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to do mass education because there have been several studies done by the federal government with conclusive, definitive findings. The Kansas City experiment is one of them that proves that if you do not address conditions, that you will just have more arrest and a need for more police and that will increase. And it is not a solution. That's empirical data that I keep having to reiterate in my city because no one wants to listen. This is a sociological issue as I explained, right? And so we have to deal with the broken windows and we have to deal with the true conditions. First, I'm gonna end the second class unwritten citizenry forced on blacks in New Orleans. I'm gonna free all New Orleanians of the stranglehold, uh, minimum wage stranglehold that the hospitality industry has on the majority of New Orleanians. I am going to push for cameras in the criminal court sectors that can be subpoenaed because I see a lot of injustice there. And we're gonna cut out all of the systemic mandate that perpetuates the crime. We're gonna look at cause as well as effect. Thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Bentley. The first 100 days. 
the first thing I'm going to do is initiate um, physical fitness training for officers. I've noticed that a lot of our officers are they're not physically fit. And I know right now they can't actually run after anyone, but they should be physically fit to be able to handle whatever, you know. So they should be, they should have to have a, a physical, a physical training, you know, every so often to make sure that they still fit for duty. And also I'm going to put them back on their feet, walking, presence of just to, for the people to see their presence walking, it'll, it'll bring a good bit of the crime down because the, the, the criminal element going to know that they're walking now. They're not just passing by in cars, driving by in a blink of an eye and they're gone. They're walking again. So we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to get officers back on the streets walking, walking the beat instead of driving past on the beat. And I'm going to walk, walk with them first. So that the police and the community could get a better relationship because they shouldn't be enemies. You know, the the public shouldn't fear the police. The police shouldn't fear the public. And they should have a better relationship. And the reason we don't have a better relationship with them because we don't know. They're strangers. And, you know, stranger danger. Um, so thank you. And that was the last question for the evening. Miss Dawn? Yeah, I want to thank everyone. And Byron, it was nice to see you again after thank four you. years. Great, great job. So uh, like I said, I want to thank everyone for participating. We know this is a busy time for you all. And I want to remind all of our viewers that the election will be held on October 9th. And early election starts on September 25th, ends on October 7th. Good night, all, and good luck. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Look, feel me now.